Income Tax Podcast with Mike Grinning. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Creative Chats. It's the podcast for artists, makers, and content creators, where we talk about creativity, the creative process, and story. I'm your host, Mike Brennan. You can connect with me over on Instagram. I'm at MikeBone. And you can check out some of my work on my website, which is MikeBrennan.me. Also, I would love to have you as part of our online Facebook group, which is called Daily Creative Habit. It's a place where creatives of all types are raising their hand to say, I want to show up more consistently for my creativity and craft. So if that's you, I would love to invite you. Simply go to dailycreativehabit.com, and I look forward to having you in the group today. Now for this episode, I am joined by my friend Terry Weaver. I love this guy. And he makes uh, an incredible event called The Thing. Uh, The community that is there has become like family to me. Many of those people have been on this podcast, and I continue to connect with and walk through life with. As a matter of fact, right now, I'm recording this from Nashville in Terry's home. So you know we're buds. So this is a great conversation we have about creativity, about choosing yourself, investing in your own uh, creativity, your own journey, and just the importance of getting in a room to talk about your ideas, getting in a room and asking questions and hearing from other people getting some practical steps that you can put into place. And these are all things that I've experienced firsthand at The Thing. I was an attendee first, and now I've gone on to be a speaker. And again, I'm just one of the friends of the people who are there. Um, They are my community. And so I want to invite you to come along. Uh, The Thing is happening in November. Uh, If you go to thething.live, you'll see all the information that's there as far as the dates, as far as different packages of what you may want to sign up for. There is, uh, you know, a a virtual option also. But I really do want to encourage you, make it a point to get in the room because it's when you're in the room that you have side conversations in the hallway and in places where you can't have online. Um, And that's many times where you get answers to questions that you've been carrying for a long time or you get insights or build relationships with people that end up making you partner with people on things. Um, So really want to encourage you show up, be a part of this community and go to the thing. And if you use the code creative, you'll even get a discount. So um, be sure that you prioritize for your own creativity. Invest in yourself. We talk about this in our conversation today. So without further ado, here is my creative chat with Terry Weaver. Mike, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, Terry. Yeah. Hey, this is a crossover uh, podcast episode of the Daily Creative Habit Podcast and the Making Elephants Fly podcast. So we're going to talk about making creativity fly. Yes. And uh, your audience and my audience both have a lot of uh, creativity. They have a lot of information. They have a lot of inspiration, but they may be be struggling a little bit with action. Yeah. Yeah. And that's definitely something that I talk about a lot on my podcast and in the Daily Creative Habit group is just making sure that you're actually showing up to do the work because so many times we have all these great ideas, but if we don't take actual steps, practical steps, then we're not any closer to doing any of the things that we're really looking to accomplish and um and then we just you know suffer from the shiny object syndrome right yeah and you know here's the deal like 
Mike and I were actually talking about the Cheesecake Factory menu. Like when you go to Cheesecake Factory, there's so many options. There's so many things. And and most of my friends are incredibly talented. I think you, you, you and I have a lot of the same friends. And they literally could do anything. But if they would just do something and do it really well and kill at it, yeah, it would be amazing. Their life would change. So maybe just for both of our audiences, let's real quick. So people, I'm going to do my intro and then you can do like. Sure. And it's Terry Weaver. If you're listening to Mike's audience, I'm an author, speaker, coach. Um, I wrote a book called Making Elephants Fly. Um, if you don't have it, you can get it at terryweaver.com. And uh, I do an event called The Thing. And The Thing is an event for entrepreneurs, leaders, creatives who actually want to make their ideas real and who want to uh, want to see them put into action. And I've seen a trend in my life lately over the people who who have a plan B. Then there's a lot of us that have like a lot of things we can fall back on, but as soon as that goes away and they start taking are forced to take action, their life changes, um, their their everything changes about their business and their culture and everything. So yeah, yeah. So you're Mike Brennan. I am Mike Brennan. Yes, and uh, I say that I am a creator and communicator who tells stories on pages and stages. And then people say, well, what does that mean? And what that means is that uh, my background is graphic design. And so I still do that. I do a lot of logos and Canva templates and um, you know, sell some digital assets for people and resources. I also do illustration. And that came out of my own passion for uh, personal art. And so I've been doing a daily a creative habit myself, which is why I established the group. And it came out of a time where I was like, you know what, I need to get back to my art. Uh, not just client work, but doing some work that actually brings me joy and some work that I'm just passionate about and figure out how do I get back to that. And so it's been nine plus years of every day showing up doing something, some kind of art and uh, sharing that with the internet and with you guys. And uh, I love doing that. And then I also, you know, look to help other creatives, you know, which is why I I, I, um, created the Daily Creative Habit group. Um, because I want to gather together a community of people who are looking to show up and prioritize for their creativity and their craft. And uh, that's one of the things I love about Terry is that he's just so awesome at creating community. And, you know, we'll, we'll get into this, I'm sure. But, you know, the, the friendships that I found in the thing and by going to this conference and by um, just showing up in, in these people's lives. I mean, it's been really more than friends. It's been more like family. And so really want to encourage you if you are a creative person even if you don't consider yourself a creative person you need to make sure you're in some kind of community where people are walking alongside you asking the hard questions challenging you um and and just doing this together because you can't there's no lone rangers uh you you will fail you know you know what's interesting about creativity has always almost been considered like this solo sport and people brag about you know you know, my, one of my least favorite sentences in the world is like, I'm a self-made anything. Because mm. I don't think anyone's self-made at anything. I think we're all a a factor and accumulation of the relationships we have. Yes. The people that are in our lives, the people that are speaking to our lives. And it's, it goes like all the way back. You know, if you've been around me at all, you've heard me talk about my third grade teacher, Mrs. Shown. And Mrs. Shown was the first person that taught me that, that learning could be fun. Hmm. I wrote my first book, The Adventures of Old Creek Bear, which was a mascot in my third grade school, <laughs> Old Creek Elementary School in Fairfax, Virginia, Fairfax County, strong. Um, but, you know, Mrs. Shown loved teddy bears. And so everything that Mrs. Shown taught was through teddy bears. And so, like, that process, like, all, all the other kids were like, I was, I was 
struggling with everything before then. Second grade, I was so awesome at second grade, they made me do it twice. <laughs> and so, but I really believe that everything I do is really built on this principle that um, that if you can if you can take your creativity and your action and your talents and tie that with community, that your life will be better. Mm-hmm. Um, this Packet and Flight Society, which is a membership that I have, um, that we're actually launching at the thing this year, it's really built on this idea of the old um, African proverb of if, if you want to go fast go alone but if you want to go far go together mm-hmm. and i've seen that i've seen that play out in your life mike yes um you're here this weekend because you want to go far absolutely you're here because there's community here mm-hmm. and like when we rang the bell hey mike's coming to town it's his birthday everybody's like we're not even going to a great restaurant because <laughs> making reservations right now for a large party isn't easy yeah. um but we made reservations everybody's like well heck yeah i'm there it's a no-brainer it's for mike brennan mm-hmm. uh, because it's community and we all want to come along side each other and push each other forward yeah and i really think that that you know that that analogy of like we all feel like that our vision in our life is like this boulder that we keep trying to like push up a hill and then if you get the whole community behind it you know it's like you know take the elephant one bite at a time and i'm like no 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 just send everybody over here and let's all eat the elephant together <laughs> it'll go much faster i hope that's not my birthday dinner but no way. uh <laughs> yes uh, surprise <laughs> uh, i've always joked about that at walt disney world like if they ever did like a wild game dinner, like I know this mm. isn't your thing. You're like, you're Mister like, uh, like I'm not gonna eat anything. And I'm like, I wonder what zebra tastes like, you know? So like, t- like chicken, yeah, it like, like ch- fruity stripes, that gum. Oh, fruity <laughs> stripes, yes. Had flavor for like 20 seconds, and then Dude, it was gone. I remember like Terrible. going to Toys R Us and getting that like I don't know what Toys R Us and gum like maybe because the giraffe. Mm, it could you be. Know, maybe yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like that was the official gum of Toys R Us. Yeah. And dude, actually, I feel like you and I both have a lot in common in the area that we're, I think we're both children who didn't grow up. What is that, what is that, what is that quote that the creative adult is the, the creative adult is the child that survived? Mm. I said, Ursula, I can't think of who said that quote, but someone could, if you, if you find that, Google that quote and tell us who said it in the comments. Her name was like Ursula something, USL, really weird name. And of course I can't remember it, but you know, we, 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 um, as my friend Irwin McManus says, you know, we're born, we're born Plato, but we die Lego. We're mm. more pliable, but we die in creativity. Like I love, I love that you've taken creativity and you've tied it to habit. You've tied it to action. Yeah. You just don't want people to be creative. Um, you don't just want people to be creative alone, but you want people to take their creativity and put it to work. Yeah. And that came out of my own story. I mean, the things that I talk about are always based on my own experiences. So what is that story? Like, what is that? Yeah. So, you know, I was somebody who's, who's been creative my whole life. I mean, I've been creating things my entire life. And that has changed depending upon what season I've been in. But, you know, I was the typical kid who was drawing greeting cards and art that was up on the fridge and loved all that, loved Looney Tunes and comic books and all that stuff. And if you've been around me, you've heard my story a bit. Um, And then I went into, uh, you know, art school and did a little bit more of like the practical thing with the encouragement of my parents, um, you know, because they were like, well, we don't want you to be the quote starving artist, of course, which I completely understand being a parent myself. But I chose, you know, graphic design. And so I was in that field for a long time, still do that. But I came to a certain point where I just, I felt like I was always leveraging my creativity for somebody else. It was client work. It was, you know, important client work and, and, work that pays the bills obviously but there wasn't a place where I had my own voice and wasn't a place where I could show up and say you know what here's something that I want to explore just because it brings me joy 
And, um, you know, long story, but I ended up suffering from some depression and that led me to a place where I kind of had to assess some things and figure out like, how do I come back to my personal art and not just lean into creativity for other people, for their projects, to build their kingdoms and their platforms. But how do I do this just simply because it brings me joy, because it lights me up. And how do I find out what my voice is? How do I find out what my style is? Uh, how do I get ex you know exposure to things and, and, and opportunities to things that I can't even imagine right now? And it, it's by showing up again and again and again. And for me, it was you know establishing a daily creative habit, Terry. Um, and the importance of that was consistency. And it allowed me a place to play and experiment and figure some stuff out. And the more that I showed up to do that, the more confident I grew, the more I figured out what my voice and my style was. And, you know, creativity is obviously a journey. It's never something that you arrive at something and go, this is it. Um, you're always pushing boundaries and looking for new ways and, and new tools and things. But when you finally get to that place where you have this basis, this, this place where you're like, I know who I am in this and I know how I show up and I know that I'm good at this and I know that this has impact for other people and uh, brings value to them, then that's really where you start to see some things come alive, you know? Yeah, and I think, you know, we talk about creativity like it's a unicorn. Mm. You know, it's like floating around in the forest of, like, <laughs> Candyland, you know? It's like over there in Gumdrop Falls or whatever that, whatever that, you know, whatever random place, and it's this imaginary place. Right. But, you know, creativity is the only thing in the world that when you take it and put it to action changes the world. Yeah, the most um, I love the story of the former um, director of um, United Way. And she said that she made a decision that she was going to keep crayons on her desk because when she wanted to solve the biggest problems that they faced at the United Way, she wanted to pull out her crayons. And she literally she started this practice of like when the most important work, she wanted to use her creativity. So she wrote with crayons. Mm. And I've used that practice in Fortune 500 companies when you go in and lead brainstorming creative sessions and you start handing out, you take away their Mont Blanc pens and hand them crayons <laughs> um, and say, let's do them. Because you know, if you look at about all the problems in the world, it's always leaders that are creative that come in and fix them. Mm -hmm. it's, it's who's addressing human trafficking in the world. It's not the government. It's entrepreneurs. It's creative leaders who are saying uh, like the under is it the is it the underground railroad guys that are doing that? Um, I can't think of the guy's name, but an amazing organization. It's going out. Um, Christine Kane's organization, A twenty one. You know, there are these creative leaders that are saying, "Here's a problem, and we aren't going to wait for someone else to fix mm -hmm. it." And that's what creativity yeah. does: is it looks at something and says, "There has to be a better way," mm -hmm. and not just like for your sole personal enjoyment. But for you to actually take that creativity and like, you know, break it like a, a glow stick and see it activate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and many of the, the creative problems that we solve are often they start with ourselves. Right. They're things that we're wrestling with. They're, they're issues that we're like, isn't there a better way to do this? Or isn't there some other thing that, that I can use or some other process? Um, and so when we start wrestling with that, when it's it's personal to us. Then we find that, you know what, actually, I'm not the only person who 
is dealing with that or is questioning that or needs a solution for that. And when we step up to that and we actually can invite some other people into the process too, um, we can find some some pretty amazing things can happen creatively, you know? Yeah, and, and Mike, you and I met, I think we met in person for the first time at Tribe with Jeff Goins. Yes, I believe that's true. Um, I had known about like you and like I think we both kind of swam in the same circles, swam mm-hmm. in the same pond. And I remember meeting you for the first time and just was like, okay, this guy's different. He's came to a different, he came here with a different approach. And I saw you live sketching an event and I was like, uh, and I knew your name. We knew each other from online. We met in person. I was like, and we went to a horrible restaurant and hung out. Uh, <laughs> like we had talked before, but it was the first time like yeah. we, we, we met and we talked, I think we talked on the phone. We might've even been on each other's podcast at that point. Uh, I don't remember exactly, but you, you yeah. were one of my first guests. So yeah, it's hard to remember, dude. Yeah. These, these things all kind of, <laughs> Yeah, we're we're getting old, man. You're starting to get the age. Oh, starting, thanks, dude. I'm I'm only a couple <laughs> years behind you, so like, uh, like four. But uh, yeah, like uh, it, you start to forget things at our age. Mm-hmm. You start to. Uh, I think it was back in my day. <laughs> those kids over there on the interwebs. But yeah, man. I think I've always just. I, you've always taken your creativity and put action with it. You've always said, "I'm going to do this." And by using your talents and your gifts, you've used them to tell stories. Mm-hmm. You've used them to to maybe speak. And I think what art does better than anything else, and I mean song, words, um, poems, spoken word, um, the harp or whatever, it has a way to speak to things. It brings light into places that no other place. Mm-hmm. It brings it through a crack that nothing else can get through. Yeah, yeah. Um, and whether that's you sketching about yoga or somebody's toes in the sand of the beach or like a concert of your favorite band or of a quote from a speaker, you've always taken, you've always used it as a tool to ship hope. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I'm the most passionate about is, dude, this, our world's nuts right now. There's nobody questioning that like, like I was just talking with somebody this afternoon. I'm like, I don't even, I don't even know what's going on. What's really that just happened? I haven't watched the news in a <laughs> yeah. while. Like, I forgot, I forgot what's going on. Yeah. And um, the world needs artists right now and creatives more than ever. Mm-hmm. It needs leaders and entrepreneurs who have gifts and talents and skills and are willing to do the work and do because I, th- I think we've 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 like even as easier parent as your parents, right? Um, but I recently heard an, an, an interview with Kevin O'Leary, um, Mr. Wonderful, on the Shark Tank. And he was saying, a few years ago, I used to write off all the artists. And I was, like, really big on, like, education. He's like, what I realize now is I don't want I don't want you to go to college anymore. I want you to get a pen and a paper. I want you to get a camera and a video. Because my business right now needs the creative workforce more than anything. Mm. There has never been a time in history when, as a creative, you are more employable even though most of you are unemployable (laughs) right but you have skills that are worth something powerful to people that every brand needs you right Mm -hmm. now because storytelling has been how we build businesses yeah it's it's how we get people's attention is through storytelling and through um, getting that information in a you know 1600 by 1600 square image or a 30 second clip or um a quick sketch that those those are what gets people's attention now and you know brands from um disney to whatever mr wonderful sells to you know to startups to fortune 500 companies all need 
creatives that are doing work. Doing work. I, I want to say, you know, it's easy to let fear dictate how and when you show up or if you show mm. up. And, you know, you said before, Terry, that, you know, I, I've been somebody who's been able to, to do this, to, to tell stories and to be intentional with this stuff. But it wasn't always like that. Matter of fact, the first half of my life, um, when I was working in corporate and in different, you know, design jobs, my confidence level and my own abilities was low to the point where, and, and the fear was there, where I was just like, tell me what to do. Like, I'll do a great job. I'll be a great worker bee. Um, but just tell me what to do. Like, show me the parameters. And it wasn't until I went through, you know, my own journey and wrestling with depression, coming out the other side, coming back to my art after having, you know, for my personal art, a 10-year gap where I didn't do any personal art whatsoever. Mm. Uh, it wasn't until I started wrestling with that stuff and then really owned it by showing up. Um, and sometimes you need to have that happen because it sounds great to be able to say, well, yeah, I'll just show up and I'll, I'll be confident and I'll, you know, um, bring hope and tell stories and, and do all those things. But if you're not coming from a place in your core where you're, you've convinced yourself of what you have to bring to the table of your abilities, of your knowing what your voice is and your style is, then it's very difficult to show up and lead from that place and create from that place, you know? Yeah, and I think what's what's really, really interesting about creativity is when you're in your darkest hours, when you have those moments, like we all have those, you know, I love Bob Goff says you can quit anything on Thursday, <laughs> you know, and we all have those times in life where we're just like, you know, I'll be honest, up until recently, which because I think they're literally doing away with the position, so like my plan B career is over with. But I, I go into Walmart and like I always will look at, you know, it's funny because you and I joke about vests all the time. But seeing because Mike likes to wear a lot of vests. And, so I was he's yeah. fully vested. Yeah. It's and, really uh, more his joke than mine. But OK. Yeah. <laughs> but I always talk about, you know, the Walmart greeters, man. You go there and it's like, well, that dude comes in at like 930 and at 430 clocks out. And at 445 is not thinking about the stickers that he's given the little kids <laughs> at all. Right. Yeah. He's not checking receipts anymore. He's done. It's over with. And this creative work, this meaningful work, at times is work that you can't shut off. Right. And I remember having a conversation with one of my mentors and he had like an, the ideal life that I wanted. Um, and by the time I like dug deep into his life and his story, I wanted no part of his life mm. because uh, creativity can be the greatest gift in the world. But if you don't put your creativity to work, if you don't put it, your your your, um, your ideas in a place, they get backlog, and mm -hmm. it becomes uh, it it becomes almost. There's probably a clinical thing that it's called. It becomes almost clinical depression, because you're you're overwhelmed. You're living. You're like in a ball pit of ideas, mm -hmm. um, which that ball pits doesn't seem to have aged very well in 2021. Mm -hmm. It seems like that's no. a bad idea. <laughs> um, like I, I think of ball pit, and I'm like hand sanitizer like that's mm -hmm. all i want uh just the thought of it but you know like that's how we are with ideas where we just they're, they're everywhere but if we put them to work they actually do good they help people they serve people and i really believe that those that do the creative work that and, and what's really really interesting because i spent years in the music business and it was always astonishing to me to watch somebody come up after an event and talk to a musician 
and be like, dude, your song saved me at my darkest hour. Mm, yeah. Your, your, you know, that same thing's happened in the book and that same thing's happened with your art. Like, it's like, wow, dude, that's just something I did almost like as a reflex. Mm-hmm. And it actually enabled somebody else hope in a dark place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I dared to do. Right. And I think that's what the difference between success and failure as an entrepreneur and as a leader and as a creative is the action piece. Yeah. You know, we're, we're recording this on the 50th anniversary of the of Magic Kingdom. And obviously that's a big part of my world. And uh, you catch that little, that, that Aladdin joke was free. Uh, <laughs> but what's interesting about Walt is everyone knows him as the dreamer, but I know him as the doer. I know him as the greatest creative force that our world has ever seen and who had the tenacity and the boldness to like have an idea and to do an idea and to act on an idea and to put into a symbol the greatest creative minds um, around an idea because I really believe that creativity and this creative work isn't meant, we're not meant to do it alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but everything Walt accomplished, he accomplished because he got together his boys um, in those back in, in those days, he called them the boys. His nine old men, who later became many of them his Imagineers. That's how they made the movies. That's how they made the parks. It's because they got in the room and they had an idea, and they stared at each other and said, "Okay, let's figure this out." Yeah. And they didn't leave the room, um, and I'm sure all kinds of things were smoked and <laughs> drank and consumed. Um, and I know this because I've seen Dumbo. Obviously, my book, Making Elephants Fly. <laughs> Um, and I've seen the scene, Pink Elephants on Parade, and you know that was a, like something. Mm-hmm. Something had to happen for that to happen. Yeah. Uh, but it was. But what really happened was as creatives got in a room and started serving each other and helping each other and got behind a mission and a vision and a passion and said, "This is what we're getting behind." Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that's what the thing is. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and too often I think as creative people we can get lost in our own heads. Yes. We we start with this great idea that we have, this thing we want to create. And then we start to question things and we start to like overanalyze and then we start to listen to the inner critic and we start mm. to, we, we just get lost in this loop of, I don't even know what to do with this. I don't know if this is going to work. I don't I don't know if people are going to receive this. I don't know if I'm going to be able to have the, the talent or the ability to, to create this thing. And we spend so much time there and so much energy and effort that that our energy just gets sucked away a lot of times and we don't have or we're not inviting somebody else in enough to talk us down from the ledge sometimes and mm. to to say you know what what you're saying you may have valid points but here's the other side of this if you don't show up and create that thing somebody's waiting for that and somebody's waiting for the version that only you can create and unless you get down off the ledge and start getting to work with this that thing's never going to come to see the light of day. And that person's still going to be scratching their head going, man, I really wish that I could have this thing. And so it's not only just for ourselves, but also for, for the other people who are around us, the people who are waiting for the thing that, that we can create. Um, and being in a room with people who can challenge your thinking, who can ask the questions, who can um, you know, just get in your face sometimes, honestly. Um, and then also people who have skill sets that maybe you don't have, people who you can partner with. Um, people who can, you know, collaborate on certain projects because you have an idea and you're like, I-, I know there's something here, but there's something missing. And then you get around a table with some people and you start talking about it and somebody else is like, yes, and 
what about this also? And they can bring something else to the equation that maybe you had never thought about. Uh, again, a skill set maybe that you don't have. Um, but that would never happen unless you start to get around those tables and start talking about stuff and start hatching those ideas and start figuring some stuff out. Um, the, this myth of going away in the cave, you know, I talk about this all the time on my podcast. And, and when I talk, you know, as creative people, we want to go in the cave. We want to create this amazing thing, this amazing masterpiece, you know, our works uh, our life's work that we're going to come out and we're going to hold it up and the beam of light is going to come down from heaven and the, the choir of angels is going to sing and we're going to be like, here it is, people. Here it is. And honestly, that doesn't really happen. It's most of the time us in the trenches showing up day after day, tweaking things, making things better, breaking things, figuring out what does this look like? How can this be different? What makes this work? What makes it not work? Um, and it's the slow process of iteration and getting people around that to help you with that so that they have uh, some, some say in it. They can, you can borrow their eyes. I mean, that's so important, Terry. Well, you know, when I, you know, when I think about community and the power of community and the power of, like, all of those things, collaboration, mm -hmm. um, is it's really – the idea of the cave is one of those things that, you know, when I started writing Making Elephants Fly, I had this, like, belief that, like, oh – so I need to go get a cabin and a, like a, you know a fire pit and a smoking jacket a smoke, and a pipe a pipe yes um, and like you know some 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 clothing from REI and go in the woods and like don't come out until I get a book finished mm -hmm. which there's part of that that happens um, it's funny because I I always say that like writing is a lot like rest like doing a WWE match with a bear. Um, that it's that process of like wrestling the thing to the ground and owning it and getting it out of you because I, I think these things that are deep within us. But for me, most of the most of the time, it was me on walks um, taking the dogs out and watching the dogs do what they do when they're outside and grabbing my phone and typing and voice texting and um, sitting in airports and using the margins of hotel lobbies and, um, you know, flight delays and like... Sure, I wrote in a lot of really cool places, but for the most part, it was just me finding s some way to silence the noise and do the work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, very seldom does it happen with the singing angels. Normally, it, you know, you're sitting at a coffee shop, and you're you're sort of listening to the conversation around you, and then you're working, and then you find out that the conversation is a lot more entertaining than you anticipated. <laughs> You know this process, yes, right? Yes. Like it's like, wow, that's a reality show. This this can wait. There might be something here. And um, a lot of ADD people, interestingly enough, which I mean, we all are, right? On some level, that we thrive in those loud and noisy environments because I think if we stay alone, all we're left with is our own internal dialogue, mm. and often that dialogue is the one that we can't wrangle. Yeah. Um, because that's the voice that says you're not enough. You're not good enough. Why are you writing? Um, uh, you know, why are you doing this? You're not good enough. So you're, you're, this, this has been done. But you know what? That just goes to prove the point of just show up. And stuff's going to happen. And it's going to be imperfect. And that's okay. Because it's better to show up and do something than to sit back and do nothing. Um, so even when you're not sure about something, even when you have new tech, even when you... Um, might have this this sneaking suspicion that it's going to be less than perfect, which, by the way, it will be less than perfect. Um, show up and do it anyway. Um, 
And Terry, one of the things I love about the thing is getting in a room full of people who are excited about the things that they want to see realized and talking about that, wrestling with it together. Mm-hmm. And again, borrowing other people's eyes and ears and learning specific skills. You know, I mean, it's it's incredible that there's so many things you have to do. I mean, do you feel the weight of that sometimes? I know I, I do, right? Um, it's email, you know, marketing stuff, and it's, um, you know, design stuff, you know, with, and it's it's creating the actual content. And it's, I mean, there's so many things, so many hats that you have to wear, and it's impossible to be all those things perfectly and to know all the information that you need to know and at the right times. Um, because depending upon where you are in your creative journey and in your entrepreneurial journey, um, you need access to certain people, uh, people who maybe are not, you know, 10 paces ahead of you, but maybe somebody who's like two or three, because what they have as far as the information, the keys they hold, there's a more ready application for it. And when you sit down and you have a conversation about that or you hear them speaking from the stage and you're like, that's what I've been missing. Those steps Right there. That's what I need to go home and put into practice. And then you can grab their arm after they get off the stage, go sit in the hotel lobby and go, hey, dude, break that down for me. And rather than like getting a bill for a coach that would cost you $10,000, and that's what some of these guys charge for their knowledge. But you're able to get a ticket to the thing, sit in the room, learn something. And and I use Liz Wilcox as an example. Liz literally did just that. She came to the thing 2019, I forget what year it is, that we had at the Embassy Suites. Um, she she had dinner. We had fajitas one night, which we always manage to do that every night. And Mike, you know, Mike always gives me a hard time about the food I feed him because it gets a little fancy, and he just wants a hamburger, right? And his chicken nuggies. All right, sell me out, thanks. Yeah, no, dude, it's it's it, it's it's cool. Marjorie, who's on on our, on our team, she's the same way. So she likes it when we fight. We fight for the simple things. Hey, you can't. You there, there's no there's no need to underappreciate a good nuggie. Uh, and uh, you, you, hey, you and like I feel like Baby Yoda, the other Grogu likes mm-hmm. his nuggies. Okay, moving along. Yes. <laughs> speaking of ADD, we we didn't chase a rabbit trail; we chased a nuggie trail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, but man, in those moments that you can go and sit down and learn from a speaker, take ask them a question. Liz literally asked a question of a speaker, discovered how to do something, went home, sent me an email two weeks later. Now let's go back a little bit in Liz's story. She was in the back of the she was in the back of the room that year she was attending she came learned that she sent me an email and said hey i just did what i learned at the table that i learned from the guys at lunch and i did it and i the check was by the time i was done added up to over forty thousand dollars which is insane like that's a for most people that's like a lot of money yeah that she learned by getting her event sponsored properly and she learned it just it wasn't most of us aren't missing the big things we're missing the two or three little tweaks, the little tiny things that make all of the difference in the world in our success. So a few months go by and Liz goes, hey, uh, I'd love to speak. And of course, I'm like, I want you to speak. So of course, Liz comes and speaks. Um, and in the most Liz Wilcox fashion, she comes to the event. I found out she's like, I had no idea she had done this because she just quietly does the work. Mm-hmm. That's the best kind of like, there's no like bragging. There's no social media posts. There's no Instagram story about it. She just went, she hired a speaker coach. Um and learned how to do it, had never been on stage. Shows up and like, hey, this is the first time I've ever been on stage speaking. Yeah. And killed it and slayed it. And everybody got, and I bet you there are several people who have really dug at the work they do that have literally made thousands of dollars off of putting what they learned from Liz 
and if they take an action. The difference is, is it if you get in that room and you get around those people and you learn something, and it's not just a big rah-rah fest. Mm-hmm. I've made sure it's not. I want you to leave inspired, but I want you to leave inspired to act. Yes. And I want you to leave equipped to act. Yes. I want you to leave with actual tools and actual tactics that can help you take your creativity, your ideas, your talents, your skills, put them to work, and actually make you money to give you the life and the freedom that you want. Because at the end of the day, that's what we want, right? Right. We want freedom. We want the ability, like you had the ability this weekend, to get on an airplane and say, you know what? Nashville sounds fun for my birthday weekend. Let's go do that. You put your work aside. You put your family aside for the weekend, your kids aside, and you made this the focus that I'm going to go be with my people. And we're a month away. We're going to all be together in a month at the thing. Yeah. But we made the priority, like, because we understand and Mike, where I said, hey, I want to come to Nashville. I'm like, well, dude, we can hang, we can collaborate, we can figure, we can work on some things together. And, and, and here's the thing is I know that most that collaboration is when you move from addition to multiplication. Mm-hmm. That I believe that, that the things that we do together have so much more power because this is lonely work. Yes. Most of the time it's me in five feet from here in that chair on my laptop just doing the work. Yeah. And it's, in, it's on Zoom calls and on phone calls, helping people and serving people and coaching people and helping them figure out their stuff with their business. Um, but the things that we get to do together, I believe, have so much more power. Yes. And you know what? Some of the creative people that, that I work with, especially visual artists, I, I sometimes hear arguments of like, well, what I do is a solitary thing. I mean, I go and I paint or I you know, use some material to create my visual art, but that's a solitary act. So where is the place for community in that other than maybe getting together and talking about, you know, some some tools and some techniques and some things like that, maybe some encouragement for the journey. Um, I want to, I just want to push into that and say, think larger thoughts. Because Again, like I said before, your work isn't just about you and maybe about you getting into a gallery or selling prints or, or whatever that looks like. But there might be opportunities for you to link arms with somebody else and create something that no one has even thought of yet. But unless you're willing to get in a room and have those discussions and be open to those things, then you may just be like same old, same old. And this is the way that everybody does it. And this is the way that's been handed down to me. Um, and and kind of stuck in that track. And if that track's not working for you, that can be a very frustrating thing. And so, again, I just want to encourage you, like, lean into community. And I know that's a buzzword a lot of times, but seriously, it's just getting around other people and talking about the stuff that you're you're going through and, and the things that you're creating. Being willing to be vulnerable. When I found that I'm, you know, willing to to let people behind the curtain and say, this is something that I've been struggling with, or this is something that I'm going through. I find that so many people say, you know what? I'm, I'm so thankful that you said something because I'm in the same place, or I've been there, and this is how I've gotten through. Or, you know what? I've had those same exact questions, and I felt alone. I thought I was the only one struggling with that stuff. And so when you have... The, the ability to just be honest and authentic mm-hmm. in conversation with other people who are on this journey too, it, it, it helps you, it helps them. And that's exactly why I do my podcast. I talk about that all the time too. You know, I have those conversations with creative people because it's f- encouraging for me for my own journey, but then I'm recording them and sharing them because mm-hmm. again, I know if I have these questions, other people have these questions, yes. you know? 
Yeah, and, and how we kind of got to the content that we're doing this year at the thing. Last year, um, back in May, was supposed to be um, the thing 2020. Uh, obviously, that didn't happen. So we did a thing at home. Yes. And it was an amazing day. All of, everybody that has kind of ever spoken at the thing did like a seven-minute TED Talk. Yeah. And um, for some reason, because my mind creative work, all I could think about was the Kool-Aid man. All I could think about was how that, oh, yeah. that everybody... Everybody in, in life, in leadership, and in their work um, hits these walls. And they hit these moments where they um, have a hard time breaking through. Mm-hmm. And as I was watching all of these talks come in, I was like, wow, these are people that are that are um, breaking through walls. These are people... Um, you have the Kool-Aid man right here, I actually. have the Kool-Aid man. He actually sits on the shelf behind me. <laughs> Little cameo. <laughs> yeah, I bought him as he's one of those, what are those things called? Funko Pops. The giant Funko yes. Pop. I bought him for those of you that are listening on the podcast that didn't get the benefit of the video. But I bought him because I want him to remind me that when I come to a wall, I want to think that way. Mm-hmm. And so literally what we did this year is we, we did a survey of like everyone, as many people as I could get to answer. Mostly past being attendees. And, high, and, and then I, I mixed in a bunch of high-performing leaders people that I've had on the podcast before. And I asked them, like, what are the walls that you're hitting? Mm-hmm. And I we identified seven or eight things that are those walls, and that's what we're going to talk about at the thing. And one of those things is is I call it mission. It's really clarity. Is Most of us in our, in our businesses don't have a destination in mind. And if we can get really clear about that, of a clear where we're going and who we serve and how we serve them, and you and I were even talking about this today, and how they ring the cash register. Because mm-hmm. if you go like to the grocery store, you know where the cash... But most business leaders, especially creatives, I don't know how to give you money. I want to support your business. I want to buy your work. But you don't tell me how to do it. You keep posting it and sharing it and showing it to me. And I don't know how to give you money. And I want to support you because I love what you do. Right. And as soon as you tell people... Hey, I've got this deal, and that's what that's where the thing come from because everybody has a thing. <laughs> yes. I've got this thing. Will you support me in Bert purchasing it that allows the vision to go on? And people are like absolutely, and so that's you know that's one of the things we're going to talk about. Messaging is another one of those things. Mm-hmm. How to really articulate that mission and mess and combine it with your message, uh, and then we have just some amazing people like Rachel Miller coming to speak about building your audience and building your group. Um, Warren, who works Warren Carlisle, who works with a works is one of Facebook's focus leaders on how to build an audience. He, you know, he has a huge, massive platform um, through his his group about octopuses, mm-hmm. which is insane that that's even a thing, right? <laughs> but he's made an entire brand and and a nonprofit, and they have all of these things that they built around this idea. And I want those people to teach you how to take those things. Um, Julie McCoy, who's coming from from Austin, Texas, about and teaching about how to how to create content on an ongoing basis and how to write and how she literally, how her writing literally rescued her from a cult. Hmm. How the business that she started, like being literally locked in the basement was what saved her life. Hmm. And um, it's not, that's an inspiring story, but it's an inspiring story tied to action. And Paul Klein, our buddy is going to come tell his story about what he's doing in his life and his business and how to like master just the confidence to do that and some strategy behind that. Roberta Candelaria, who knows how to find money in businesses. Cause I think a lot of, a lot of people just don't have, they literally did, don't know how to like find the money. That's in, and obviously marketing. Like that's another mm-hmm. one. How to market, how to clearly communicate. Um, Angel, Angel is coming. One of my, one of my new friends who teaches PR, how to get on more podcasts, how to get on media, how to leverage 
these things you create and get attention. Because here's the deal. Broadcast media, virtual media, they're all sitting around and they need story. They've got every day they've got to tell a story. And if your story is good, they want to just make it louder. Mm. And uh, man, we're just those are just that's a small portion of yeah. the things we're going to learn. It's we we jam pack it into 3 days. Um, we have a VVIP day, which is almost sold out, uh, where we take people and we, you know, we look at their business and we put them in the hot seat and we try to help them and serve them and build something for them so they can go home, whether they want to launch a book or launch a new product or have a new brand they want to build, a new business they want to build, or have a current, um, a current business that they want to grow and scale. And, uh, you know, um, that's, that's a day with myself, Roberto and McNair, who used to be Disney Imagineer. We take those same things that we would go in and do in these massive companies, these Fortune 500 companies, and we do them with your business. Yeah. And then we have a day that we spend in the parks. Last year we went to Hollywood Studios. We got to see mm-hmm. Mike and I wept like little children. Oh, I did. The side of the Millennium Falcon, <laughs> um, the big greatest hunk of junk in the galaxy. Mm. Um, and we're going to go to another Disney park this year together. And then we'll spend three days together um, at the Hyatt Place in Central Florida, right outside of Walt Disney World, and spend three days just learning and growing and hanging together. We have, uh, you know, the hotel, there's breakfast there, and then we have lunch together most days or dinner together. And then, you know, if you buy the VIP ticket, there's some extra things that we do. And um, But there's all these places in the margins of the event. And we're actually kind of trying to take a few things out of the schedule as we speak to create more margin. Because our people keep saying, dude, the content's amazing. The content's great. I know you're gonna jam- you're gonna give me way too much content. I'm not worried about that, but I want to create enough spaces to build and connect. And our people are coming early and staying late mm. because they want to hang and collaborate. Yeah, they know that they need somebody else to. They know they can't do this alone. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing, right? Is that um, people are willing to show up and talk about this stuff and collaborate and you know break some things together um, and. Spend the time, invest in each other, and so you know you have to invest in your yourself first. Um, you have to to get in the room, right? Um, and believe me, I understand. You know, sometimes it's it's difficult to do that, right? Um, you have to either hop on a plane uh, many times and get a hotel room and all the rest of that stuff. Um, Terry's been great about you know trying to secure some some good rates even with that stuff to to lower the bar of entry here as much as possible to go like look. Um, hundred nine dollars a night's what the hotel is. Yeah, I mean, you know, and and it's a nice place. It's a it, yeah, quality it is. Hotel. It is. Um, and so you know, at some point you have to say, I'm just going to make sure I make the investment in myself. And when you don't know the context, maybe you don't know a lot of people. Maybe you don't know any of the people that Terry was mentioning as far as the speakers and, and guests. Um, you know, maybe you know me. You know, you know Terry. Obviously, we're going to be there. I'm going to be speaking as well. Um, and just again, getting in the room and having that sense of community, having that sense of, okay, even if I walk away with one thing from this time together, that could be the very thing that helps me level up. Mm-hmm. That could be the thing that makes sure that this next year is not the same year as what I just went through. Um, busting out of some of those loops that we find ourselves stuck in and those places where we just keep attacking things the same way over and over and over again. Um, But again, nobody can prioritize that for you. It's something that you have to do yourself. Um, And and I've been through that process. I continue to go through that process and put myself in places where I have to show up and it hurts a bit. Um, And I know that unless I do that, I'm really not going to grow. I'm really not going to be able to 
step into the things that I still want to see happen, um, the things that I'm still trying to figure out myself for my creativity and for my business. Um, nobody has everything 100% all together. Everybody's on the journey and is continuing to learn from somebody and continuing to adapt. Um, everybody has some kind of area of expertise that they're speaking from. But again, when we get in a room, we start talking about those things. Um, you can learn from anybody. And so um, the accessibility factor is huge. Um, and that's one of the things I love about what Terry has set up. Yeah, and there's a, there's a quote. I've heard other people say it. It's credited to Tony Robbins. I just Googled it because I wanted to get it right. But the change happens when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change. Mm. And like you mentioned pain. Like, yeah. you know what? You know what? You know what's painful? It's not doing anything. Yeah. You know what's painful is not acting. You know what's painful is like being a spectator in your own life. That's painful. Yeah. Change is hard. But it's much better than being stagnant. Yes. That, um, and here's what I've learned, and because I've learned this as we've gone, I've it, what I've done is I've stopped trying to get famous people in the room to speak. I used to have these big dreams of like if I could just get so and so. Like it, for a while, it was like if I could just get Gary Vee there. But here's the deal: Gary Vee is awesome. He's cool. He's going to motivate you. But for the most part, Gary Vee's team does all of his work now. Um, but these people that I mentioned, you know, Warren is in his business and his brand every day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Julia just sold her business, one of her businesses, for multi- a lot of, lot of money, like life-changing money. But because she built it, she built it to sell, and now she's getting to do more of what she wants to do. She wants to create more. She wants to write more. So she found out it wasn't serving her. And like, man, do you want to learn from those people? Like, do you want to learn from people who are actually doing it? And that's kind of my my bar and a lot of the people that are on our stage have come from our community mm-hmm. they've risen yes. from within mm-hmm. um and so now obviously we've created this year because it's 2021 and it feels like the world's mad uh it feels like uh, alice in wonderland flip turned upside down we're on the mat we're we're living here in wonderland we live i would say we live in between wonderland and neverland <laughs> um and but we've created a virtual option you can do the live stream but I will say, you know, just like Hamilton that says that you want to be in the room where it happens, you want to be in this room. If you if you if you have to like sit idly by and can't join us personally, I get it. Hop on, get the virtual ticket. It'll let you watch. It'll let you hopefully build some of the relationships. You can, you can join the Facebook group. You can interact that way. But being in the room, man, is life changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the the people that take the information and take what they learn and do the work are not are different because of it. I've been different. I've created an event for myself, too, so that I come and learn and bring people who are teaching me things, and I apply them into my own business. Yeah. And um, and I get to see and watch you work and other people and other friends work and do the actual work. So you can go to thething.live. You can sign up. We're going to put some, like, codes below where you guys can get some discounts. Um, and um, they'll be they'll be on my on the page. You just go to thething.live right there. There's three tickets. Um it's in Orlando, Florida. The, all, all the info is there. You want to be with us. Mm-hmm. You want to join Mike. You want to join myself. It's coming up soon. It's next month, November. So um, be sure that you hop on that like today. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Here's the deal. Here's what I know. And, and what's what's really interesting about creatives is like people always like, do you have any idea how many people are coming? I'm like, no, because all of my people, they don't make decisions until like they got FOMO of their like, but don't have FOMO of your own life. Mm. Like we can we can look at all these people that we want to be like and look up to them, but man, be present and show up for yourself. Invest in yourself. You, I love that you were talking about that because, you know, there are a lot of places where we can invest our time, energy, and money, and most of us don't invest it in ourselves. Uh-huh. 
We don't invest it in our own learning. I've spent more in the last 18 months in learning and growth and learning things and learning practical information and learning like, oh, snap, I'm not going to, I learned how to do that and I'm not doing that. Someone is getting hired to do that, right? <laughs> yeah. But that had been much better than me, you know, me spending a little bit of money to figure that out than spending years being miserable doing something I don't want to do. Yes. And, um, I hope that by being around the community, and I really believe that this is, you know, you've said that, you know, Olive Garden isn't the only place when you're here like family. Like, mm -hmm. I really believe that that's what the thing is, that it's we, we're a family of people that come together, not just for a couple of events a year, but we come together all year um, around each other's work and around each other's businesses. And many of these people are in groups together and mastermind opportunities and always collaborating on Zooms. And, you yes. know, I know a bunch of people yesterday who were hanging out on it, working together on Zoom. Just a bunch of them were in Orlando hanging out and working together and dreaming about like what what can we do what can we do together how can we help each other um, and man nothing gets better in your life when you have a bunch of people that show up at your like I think of the analogy of like recess in the playground when your gang shows up mm -hmm. for you at the playground and it's like dude Mike Brennan you can do this dude yes together let me help you let me serve you I know you don't know the people but I know the people. Mm -hmm. And if you get a room full of, you know, and the thing is not a big, massive event. We keep it small but intimate on purpose. You know, we could make this event super cheap. It's not, a, I know it's, I know it's, I know it's not cheap, but I want people who are committed and willing to invest in themselves and yes. willing to show up for themselves. Mm -hmm. Because if you show up for yourself, you'll start, then you can show up for other people. Yeah. Then yeah. you can help and serve other people. Yeah. So. And it is community over competition. Yes. I will say that oh, uh, man. because so many times, especially in creative circles, there is that sense of competition that, you know, scarcity mindset grabs a hold and says there's only so much, you know, uh, money, time, attention, whatever it is for whatever it is that you're making. And if somebody else is doing something similar, well, I got to be real protective and I got to protect my ideas. And, I, you know, you get into this kind of like closed uh, mentality and. The thing with the thing is that when you're in that room and you're you're around these people, um, even if you're in a similar type of creative thing, it, it doesn't matter because everybody's like, yeah, you know what? Like, let's do this together. Let's cheerlead each other. Let's boost each other's posts and spread word on projects that we're all doing because – you know, when one person wins, then everybody wins. Yeah. The rising tide rises. All exactly. Shows. Exactly. And that's true. That's not just like jargon, you know? Yeah. It's always funny. Is I think it's, I think it's George Lucas that say, says that they're cliches for a reason because mm. they work, <laughs> you know, and we want to, we want to write out, we want to write all this stuff off. But man, if, if you want to fail, have a scarcity mindset, that's mm -hmm. a your, your chance of failing is a hundred percent when you live in a place of scarcity. I wrote off, I grew up, you know, a, Mike and I both have a background of leadership in the church. And if you want to like lose and not win, believe that your life is small and that everything cannot happen. You know, everything is small. But if you want to like, and especially my, you know, my friends that are people of faith, if you really believe in a big God, you start living a big life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you start showing up for yourself. You start showing up for what you've been put on this planet to do. And I believe that. I believe everybody that's watching this online, I believe everyone that's listening on my podcast or Mike's podcast, mm -hmm. that they are on this planet with a purpose, that they have been given gifts and talents and skills, and they are they are not just for them, but they are for other people. Absolutely. And I always ask myself, if I don't do this, how, not only how does this affect me, but how does this affect the person that needs what I know? Yes. And because I, would, it's, I always use the analogy of cancer. If I had the cure to cancer and didn't share it with other people, I'd be a maniacal madman that was a jerk. 
And I bet you somebody probably does have the cure. They've, they've had them been working on this for decades. I don't know that by now, right? But if you know that, you want to share it. You want to like expose it and like allow other people to benefit from it. And you may not have the cure to cancer, but you have um, hope for someone who's broken. Mm-hmm. You have um, knowledge that allows someone to break through and actually live the life they want. You have um, the message that can help someone get through the trauma that they're going through in their life. Yeah. You have the the, uh, the, the, the the creative work that actually is going to matter. Move the needle down, move the ball down the field in someone's life. Yeah. And for somebody, being in that room is going to help change the self-narrative that you've been stuck in. The narrative that says you don't have much to offer or struggle is your plot you know that's that's what you're going to live in the rest of your life struggle 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 because that's all you've experienced that's all you know and so you've you've taken that on as your own narrative and getting in that room exposes that and breaks that it helps you start to break that and says no you know what actually um it doesn't have to be that way just because maybe that has been my experience um, and these people around me are not only offering me encouragement and hope, but also practical things that I can put into place so that I can get out of that and have a new story, a new self-narrative to tell. Yeah. One that will help other people as well. So on that, man, I think we can wrap it up and say yeah. that uh, we hope we will see them at the thing. Absolutely. And if they can't make it to the thing, join us online. Yeah. We can, you can sign up. Just pick your right there on the registration form. You can pick if you want a virtual ticket. And, uh, man, I, I hope I hope you will realize the power of picking yourself first. Mm. And I know there's a million reasons why you you, you shouldn't come. You, you're going to find a million excuses. Um, you know, and believe me, you, I've been doing live events long enough that, that I've got a bunch of them from like, it's my third cousins, you know, this, that, or the other, or we got this, that, <laughs> or the other, or like, I can't, or I won't, or they won't. But until you stop, Turn all those things off and say, yes, I will. Mm-hmm. Yes, I will make this the time and the place that I'm going to put literally a flag in the sand and say, you know what? This is my thing. I want to do my thing. Yeah. I want people to benefit from the thing I know, the gifts that I know, the skills that I have, and the talents. And I'm going to do my dang thing. And I'm going to actually show up for myself and show up for the people that I need to serve and mm-hmm. people that I need to help. And together we will all be better for it. Yeah, yeah. Some of my best friends have come out of this experience and uh, I continue to lean into that and I look forward to more that's to come. Thanks for listening today. I'd appreciate it if you would subscribe, leave a rating and a review. It really helps this podcast be seen and heard by others.